Hello, and thank you for subscribing to the Defining Marriage Podcast. Once again, we gather around the microphone with some interesting things that have happened to us this week. James, what's happened to us this week? I became a woman. Oh, dear. And now I'm eating oats. I pooped on the floor, then did it some more. I'm turning into a dope. So, ladies and gentlemen, as if, if in case you couldn't tell, and the remote possibility that you couldn't tell, that was James's Mia Farrow impression. Well, no, if I was doing the Mia Farrow... Now I am a woman, I'm a horse All right, that's enough of that. Let me explain. We just watched The Last Unicorn. It's pretty darn good. It is good. You didn't remember it. I didn't. I didn't. I thought that it was uh, kind of schlocky and bad, but uh, it's got a bit of the 70s to it, but not in a bad way. It has a lot of the 70s, but it's also got Mommy Fortuna. It's got that ca- the peg leg cat with okay. an eye patch and so an earring. The voice cast on this is so adult. It's Angela Lansbury and Christopher Lee, and it's got Mia Farrow in there. That was why James was singing. For some I reason, am a woman. she has one musical number. There's one diegetic musical number in this thing, and it's sung by Mia Farrow. Oh, and then there's another by Jeff Bridges, isn't there? There is, but they, they kind of merge together. And Alan Arkin's in there, and uh, then a bunch of stage actors who you've probably never heard of. I've never heard of, at least. Also, I will point out that I just realized uh, when I'm doing the Mia Farrow, I used to be a horse song. Yeah. Yes. I am totally conflating it with the Final Fantasy VI opera scene. <laughs> uh, the, the melodies have just bled together. Okay. But anyway, uh, you, you watched a uniform. Uni- a uniform? Yes, the last uniform. The last, oh. It's about the end of leather. Oh, well, we're, we're, we're the, watching that. The we're pups, looking at it. The, the pups crawled out of the muck, and then mm-hmm. it was the last uniform. I went to a pup slash furry party a few days ago. Tell me everything. It was wonderful. So it coincided, it wasn't a part of, but it coincided with um, the Twist Frame, uh, not, not Frameline, Frameline is San Francisco. Twist is Seattle's LGBT film festival. And so uh, it was happening at the same time. So uh, a friend and I, uh, who had never been to a pup and furry party, went up to the Highline Bar here in Seattle. Uh, I was going to take photos of it, but they said, no, thank you. Maybe uh-huh. next time. Uh, there were apparently some issues around imagery coming out of this particular party that they did not want to have to confront. So, Oh, now yes. wait, that intrigues me. What imagery might have been captured? I don't know, because everything was very lovely. I was mean, it the Starfleet uniform? It, possibly. So, okay, just to paint a picture for you folks, uh, everyone was in a fursuit or, like, a modest pup costume. There was nothing. I mean, it was... What is a modest pup costume? Like a, like a bone cod piece? No, like mom jeans oh. and a t-shirt tucked into the jeans and a show tail attached to the belt loop. Tell me, what is a show tail? It's a tail that's not a butt plug. Uh, so it's just... Okay, so it's not like best in show. It's not like the blue ribbon tail. Correct. Okay. Correct. No, it's just a tail that attaches to your belt loop so you don't have to have something inserted, but you can still have a little tail wagging back and forth. Sure, sure, sure. It's not what you wear during the obedience competition. Uh, I suppose you could. Or I guess you could. Yeah, so it was very well behaved. Like, people like... Well, apparently they did well in the obedience training then. Yeah, yeah, I guess they did. Anyway, it was lovely. Well, describe it, though. Okay, so I go in, and it was a good mix of of everything. This party had everything. (laughs) It really did. Uh, so I go in and I see uh, a dolphin. There's a guy there with an inflatable dolphin tail. Um, okay. And so I assume he's like a one of those dolphin pool toy furries. Okay. Didn't know that's where you were going to start. Uh, explain to me. Bo- dolphin pool toy furry. Well, what's to explain? 
I guess you're right. Move on. <laughs> then, you know, a lot more traditional furries, the, you know, wolves and dogs and things. Hyenas, sure. maybe. Classics. Yes, the classics. Uh, there's a few pups in, mm. like, nothing too racy or kinky. Like, you know, maybe a tank top or something, but good mix of genders, too. Like, there's some women there, which is seldom something you see at these kinds of events. Usually they're pretty masculine, but uh, there were a lot of women. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a Starfleet officer. There's just a guy in a Starfleet uniform from Next Generation. Just hanging out. And I have to assume that's because it's we're getting close to Halloween, so some people were wearing Halloween costumes. There may also have been a Doctor Who, but I'm not sure because sometimes with those Doctor Whos, it's just somebody dressed fancy. Was it a dog that maybe had been beamed up to the ship, but because of an error in the pattern buffer, the dog had been put in a human body? And so it was just walking around in the Starfleet uniform I- going... Woof. I can't even tell you how many levels you're turning me on on right now. Yeah. And uh, and unfortunately, it's somebody from security, so everyone just thinks he's saying Worf. <laughs> like here he is. Here he yeah. is. Is there a problem, Private? <laughs> Do they have privates? I don't think so. Oh, with or without ensigns, the private ensigns. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lamar Troy once referred to him as Mister Wolf. Uh, did she ever? Yes. Anyway, so that was the pup and furry party. There was also some sort of um, griffin type thing. I'm not really what? sure. It was something furry, but it had an eagle's head. Oh, okay. So this is at the party. Yeah. Okay. I thought you said there was like going to be like a griffin party. Like, and then like, oh. is that a thing oh, now? Man, I wish. I wish. I also saw this great movie in Twist called Slash. It was let me let me. Now you didn't describe it to that. me as great before. Great, a movie with a great premise. Okay, called Slash. I thought the execution was not what I was looking for in this film. Everything depends on execution. Putting it together. So that's what counts. It, it does do the movie does do one fun thing where when someone's writing slash fiction, it's a movie about um, high school students who write slash fiction. And when they are describing, you know, it does the thing where like they're in voiceover and they're typing away and you hear them narrating what they're typing. Like John Candy and Delirious. Smash cuts to the slash fiction that they're writing. And it's all sci-fi or fantasy stuff. And so in the middle of this very twee indie movie about high school students coming of age, suddenly we're in space with lasers and aliens and things. And that was really fun to watch. Do any of the high school students turn into unicorns and then back again? They do not. One of them cosplays as an elf. Well, that's close. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Michael Ian Black is in it, and he's great. Sure, he sat in Pudding, didn't he, as a young man? Did he? Or oh, at least threatened state? to. He, he, I think he was oh, one he was of the people put his involved. Balls in it, right? Wasn't oh, I think he, he, I think he did put his balls in things, and I think he was also one of the men who wanted to have Pudding. Okay. It's been a long time since I watched The State. Apparently for me, it has as well. Mm. It's been a long time since I watched The Last Unicorn. Maybe they're the same thing. It's possible. Is Michael Ian Black the last unicorn? Oh, perhaps, perhaps. He was actually, like, in this thing, I thought he was very cute. I would go on a date with Michael Ian Black. Well, you should tell him that. You should ride him like the last unicorn. Waiting to find out whether or not I'd be going on a date with him. Take him to a furry party. Oh, yeah. And he can be the dolphin. (laughs) The dolphin uh, was, it was a pink dolphin tail, Mm -hmm. and it was inflated, I think. It looked latexy, and was just sticking out of a guy's butt. And uh, I'm not like literally it was implanted in his butt, but it was just attached to the back of his pants. Everyone was wearing clothes. It was yeah. it was not the kinkiest, fetishiest thing I've ever been to. What is the kinkiest, fetishiest thing you've ever been mm, to? That's a tough question. I did cover IML for two years. so No, but that's like... Yeah, what? That's what? That's like your granddad's hamburgers. Like, that's just what you expect. I'm, I I want to hear something oh, weird. Something weird? Oh, well, there was the erotic clown party in San Francisco. Oh, I, I was at that. that. You weren't. I was. No. 
You are totally making that up, James. You were not there. No, I definitely was there and then left. I can promise you that is not true. Really? Tell me more. So this was something I was shooting for Edge, I think? Because I remember that tiny little space. And why else would I have been there if it wasn't for the clown party? Describe to me the tiny little space, because you've never been there when it was empty. You've been there when it was crowded, but... Mm, No, it was definitely empty one day. And I went with you at the beginning Uh of you photographing something. Uh It was totally empty, and then I left. Okay, what was what was the space? Where was it? It was uh, lower hate ish, uh-huh. and it was small and dark, and it had sort of a, a front area and a back area. The front area had a bar, and uh, it was dark. So I mean, it was d- two small dark rooms in the lower hate. Can you describe to me who was there? Uh, there was a door clown with uh, like a like a overalls, and that was it. Anyone else inside? There was a bartender who was sad, and there was another clown that wasn't doing anything. So, you... I don't know what you are remembering. Yeah. You are remembering pieces of this story that I have told. Okay. Because you were not present for this. I was! I do not know. Matthew, this is just like when we saw Hairspray. Oh, don't you dare. What do you mean? Don't you dare, because Are you trying to ass light me? (laughs) Yes. Okay, so the erotic clown party... Tell me all about it. I was going to photograph... I get there, and there's one guy at the door who's like, oh, not a lot of people showed up. Wait, was that the voice? Kind of. Oh, okay. And I go in, and there were two go-go clowns. Uh-huh. Uh, one was a white guy, and one was a black guy. Okay. And because there was no one there, they weren't really dancing. There mm-hmm. were a few people there. There was a straight couple at the bar who mm-hmm. must have wondered what the fuck they just walked into. Okay. And you're sure I wasn't one of them? I, unless you were in disguise. No, I seem to recall that I left you behind okay. at home... Because you were entertaining somebody, I think we had company over. One oh. of our very few friends that we actually interacted with in real life. Really? Yeah. That sounds so unlike me. It does, but I'm pretty sure that's what was happening. Oh. And so then there was nothing going on. I don't think I took more than two pictures, and then I was just went down to the castle. Was it that guy came over for like one night and then wouldn't leave? Oh, God, that guy. <laughs> no. No, that was a friend you made on some, was it on like gay.com? I don't remember where you met him. It was through the power of the internet, the magic of the internet. And so he just came over to like play video games or something? He, uh, or the, have the dinner? The idea was he was just going to play some like Soul Calibur or something, but then he didn't leave for like three days despite like some serious hints of like well you're sure still here huh yeah well we've got work oh that's cool i'll just hang out oh yeah okay uh so we never saw that guy again i was unhappy you were very unhappy yes i was i do recall like well you really wanted me to tell him to leave and i was like i don't know how I don't know how to, how to say, like, just leave. You don't live here. Why are you still here? Uh, it, it, James, all you have to say, I mean, if we really wanted to be gracious, we could be like, well, we're going to have to turn in. Can we give you a ride home? Oh, no, we offered many outs, but he drove himself, remember? Well, we're going to have to turn in. Can I walk you back to your car? Um, I'm sure we tried stuff like that. Oh, you did not. Well, I may not. He have, was I'm... your guest. Yeah. Why are we fighting about this still? I don't know. James, can we fight about something better? Like yes, please. The Bible? Uh, yeah. So, I'm sure you're familiar with Louis Gohmert. I'm familiar with Bathsheba. That's a bit of a turn from where I was going. Sure. So, Mayberry, RFD, Gohmert, Sings the Blues. You have heard Louis Gohmert have as imitated by Aaron Gibson on Throwing Shade. Okay. Now, let me get this straight. Was he one of the people at the clown party I was at? 
It's entirely possible. Okay. He is a congressman from Texas. Uh-huh. And he said a lot of dumb things over the years. He's the one who was like, homosexuality is bad because if we send people to Mars because there's an asteroid about to hit the planet, then they won't be able to reproduce. I remember something to that effect. That's also a great premise for a Ben Affleck movie. Mm. Oh, but a wacky, sexy Ben Affleck movie. Sure. Him and Matt Damon finally... Finally in finally space. Finally doing what comes natural. Mm. Pretending they're bunny rabbits. <laughs> Uh, so Louis Gohmert has once again said something stupid, and okay. I just thought we should know about that. Sure. Uh, so he says on the radio, according to rabbinical writings, uh-huh. the only other time in history where homosexual unions were authorized as marriage was in the days of Noah. I'm confused by a lot of things, but okay. So mm. what he's saying is that uh, scholars of Judaica are saying that... Uh, homosexual marriages were authorized before the flood and I'm, i imagine that's one of the things that made god say uh 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 and pee on us yes now that okay. is not apparently in the bible well, of course not uh because goodness gracious we would have been talking about that if, if there was sure. legal gay marriage in the bible yeah um he says we know homosexuality was widespread in greece and rome in babylon and especially in sodom and gomorrah but that's it, yeah. a, a little scary that it wasn't legal except before the flood Okay, I I mean, there's, like, no evidence of that, but I guess... Ah, but there is, he says, according to the Babylonian Talmud. Oh, okay. uh, According to the Talmud, uh, non-Jews, literally translated as the progeny of Noah, accepted upon themselves 30 mitzvot, which are divinely ordered laws, but they only abide by three of them. The first one is that they do not write marriage documents for male couples. The second is that they don't sell dead human meat by the pound in stores. (laughs) And the third one is that they respect the Torah. Okay. So, if I'm reading this correctly, Noah's children Uh accepted 30 laws from God, but only followed three of them. Uh... Now we're uh, we're getting. I depend on you for. Uh, we are in the weeds. Bible scholarship now. So I I am not familiar with the Babylonian Talmud in particular. I'm not familiar with the rules for the selling of human meat or for the issuing of marriage licenses to people of the same sex. This is the first I've ever heard of it. Maybe that's true. Even if it is true, I mean, I imagine Gomert would be one of those people. Maybe I'm wrong who would say that it really doesn't matter what the Old Testament said because, uh, or the Talmud, which is sort of an adjunct to the Torah, um, because Jesus overturned all that. Because there's this selective thing that a lot of fundamentalist Christians do where they will cite things like Leviticus. But then if you say, but Leviticus also talks about how to treat your slaves and how, uh, you know, you should take a woman if you kill her husband— Um, And they say, oh, well, Jesus said, uh, you know, when Jesus came, that was all undone, and it was replaced with his new law. But then when it comes to a man shall not lie with a man as he lies with a woman, they're like, oh, well, that one, for some reason, sticks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I don't, like, I am somewhat familiar with the, you know, what in Christianity is the Old Testament. Um, I'm not familiar with the Talmud that is sort of an extension of that. But uh, still, it seems like if he's coming at it from a Christian perspective, he's trying to have his cake and eat it too by citing the Talmud in one hand and then also, I assume, proclaiming that he's Christian. 
Yes, yes, let's assume that. Uh, so, yeah, it's really confusing. And he certainly does not seem to be quoting anything or citing anything that indicates that gay marriage was actually a thing, just that this one group of people, like, it specifically mentions they didn't do gay marriage? Right. Well, I mean, I guess you could argue that they wouldn't have had to make a law against it if it wasn't something that they already had, that had come up at some point. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and he's also, of course, incorrect that um, that was the only other time in history that gay marriage has existed. It existed within the church in in a form. Uh, Yeah, you know what, though? Like, uh, who gives a fuck? Because, (laughs) like, vaccinations didn't exist. Mm -hmm. Space travel didn't exist. The internet didn't exist. There are a lot of things that exist in the 21st century that never existed before in history. Well, I think the, the bridge that he's trying to cross here is that right before the flood, they were doing gay marriage, and then God was like, uh-uh-uh, well, that's obvi- a cataclysm. That's obviously what he's trying to do, but also, like, there is no historical flood. So if he's trying to place this at a particular time, like, yes, there was a flood in Mesopotamia at some point that a lot of people think was the origin of a lot of, a, a lot of myths. Um, but, I mean trying to place this particular Talmudic law with a fictional character who's part of a mythology, um, and then obviously trying to say that, you know, by legalizing gay marriage, we are inviting another apocalypse, which is where this line of thought is going, um, is the ravings of, of a lunatic. But James, what if he's right? What if there was a gay marriage in olden times, and God was like, blech? Well, I mean, I, th- I assume we'd see a lot of fags turning into salt. <laughs> oh, you're a pretty salty bitch yourself <laughs> no like you know i mean yeah what if what if i don't know um <laughs> yeah I, I know i know this is a stupid road to go down because what if thor was the real exactly God? <laughs> I, yeah I, you know i mean we could pick any mythology from any culture in any period of time and say what if it was true mm-hmm. well i don't know i mean that's fun to make like a superhero movie about i don't know that like it should govern how we conduct ourselves as a species mm. Yes. Uh, Speaking of having your cake and eating it, too, Uh there's uh, a case advancing in Ireland about cake. Oh, tell me more. Now, I don't know exactly how the laws work in the The band, the ironic band from the 90s? Yes. Who did I Will Survive? I I Will Survive. So, I don't know how it works in Ireland. We've been over this at length about how uh, the laws work uh, here in the U.S. From state to state, it varies, but in some states, uh, you are not allowed to deny someone service on the basis of their sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. In Ireland, somebody went to a bakery and said, I want a cake that has a picture of Bert and Ernie on it, and it says, support gay marriage. Okay. And the bakery said, no, 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 no. Okay. And so now the person is, or there's some group of people who is suing, non-discrimination, blah, blah, blah. I think this case may not be a great one. It's not. And like, so I don't know Irish law. I don't know what their non-discrimination laws are. So I can say that if this was to happen in the U.S., I think the bakery would have a pretty good shot here because... They uh, did not say, no, we're not going to, we, we refuse to print this because we don't want to serve gay people. They said, we disagree with the message of it. And that is a First Amendment issue, you know? That- well, okay, yeah. I mean, so we don't know anything about Irish law, so we shouldn't even pretend to talk about it in that context. So if we were to talk about it here, then yeah, I mean, my understanding with the whole cake thing is that what it comes down to is the reason for the refusal, Correct. which is very difficult sometimes to ascertain because people can be untruthful about their reasons for a refusal. But mm-hmm. if we just take people at their word, 
um, and they say, you know, we will sell you any cake you want uh, as long as you aren't asking us to put a message on it we disagree with, mm-hmm. um, then, yeah, I mean, that's that's fine as I understand it. Now, my, now uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The issue with the wedding cakes yep. is that the store sells wedding cakes and there's nothing gendered or anything like that about the cake like it's just you can buy a wedding cake and they will have it delivered to your wedding and you can have it decorated with names and figures and whatever you whatever you want okay let's let's take that out for a second because i think that actually gets kind of dicey okay so they sell wedding cakes okay and the idea is that if somebody goes in and says, I want a cake for my wedding. Do you sell wedding cakes? And they say yes. And then mm-hmm. they say, will you sell that cake to me? Mm-hmm. Now they have a choice to say yes or no. If they say no, and the reason is because of the person's race or religion or uh, gender or in some places their sexual orientation, mm-hmm. then it becomes a non-discrimination issue. That is correct. So the thing is, yes, we sell wedding cakes, but we don't sell wedding cakes to you. That is correct. On the basis of who you are. That is correct. Okay. So I think in that case, it's pretty clear cut. Now, once you start decor, like once you start saying, because I know there have been cases here and I, and I don't know what the solution is for this, where someone has said, like, we won't decorate it with like two men or two women, mm-hmm. but we will sell you the decorations for you to then decorate it yourself. Yeah. Still not Okay. Why is because that? they are giving different service to people on the basis of sexual orientation. Okay, and it's on the basis of their sexual orientation. Correct. Got it. And now, that is a very different thing than if you go in and say, uh, like, in April, it's early April, let's say, and you're like, I want a birthday cake for Hitler. And I want you to draw Hitler on it, mm-hmm. and he's got balloons, and he's got a little cone hat, um, and he's got a little eagle sitting on his shoulder, giving him a kiss on the this cheek. Sounds real cute. Uh, and you want to put "Happy Birthday, Hitler." Mm-hmm. Um, now the 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 bakery can refuse because they would not sell a Happy Birthday, Hitler cake to anyone. Right? They're not saying, "Oh, we're not going to do that for for Germans, or we're not going to do that for Black people, we're not going to do that for Jews." It doesn't matter what you are; they're just not going to do it. Right? We just don't sell Happy Birthday, Hitler cakes. However, we do sell wedding cakes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, in this case, they don't sell, first of all, uh, copyright infringement. <laughs> well, yes, uh, there's that. They don't sell copyright infringing cakes with pro-gay political messages to, to anyone. anyone. Correct. So, even if a straight couple came in, or, or uh, I don't know, or the Pope... I bet they'd sell it to the Pope, but <laughs> the Pope comes in and he says, I want a, I know he's Argentinian. I wanted a cake. I wanted a birthday to Ernie and a cake. Yay. Mm. Uh, that's how he talks. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, uh, oh, your papacy. Yes. And is he also, just want to make this clear. Is he also making an okay sign with his fingers? Oh, he's spinning a pizza. Mustache? He's yeah. spinning a okay. pizza on one finger and doing an okay sign. With and the he's other. got one of those hats. That's like, a, it's, it's a toque with a little puffy thing on top. Oh, and he's toking <laughs> in another way too. Oh, all right. Oh, he's a, he's a cool Cool pope oh that's right he is um well now now i've confused myself with this pope the, so the pope never came in let's take him out of it oh, they okay. don't sell bert and ernie cakes to that say i support gay marriage to, to anyone. anyone even the pope right so in the u.s that would be fine because they just don't sell that cake in the same way they don't sell a happy birthday hitler cake to anyone that is correct now I still want want to be in court trying to make that argument one way or another because I think that's kind of a wiggly gray area. But as wiggly gray areas go, I think it would be pretty likely to go the bakery's way. 
Right. Like, so when I try to think about this, because it is, it is a thorny issue, and I know you made a video about it, but even then, people still, like, bring up the same, like, what ifs. Like, oh, what if, uh, you know... Uh, what if uh, you go into a, a Jewish deli and demand bacon or something like yes. you, because it's your religious freedom? Like, I mean, I don't know what these examples are meant to prove. They're just right. sort of meant to be like, oh, anyone can refuse anything. Yes. Um, but so let's say you have an a shop that sells ice cream and it sells a scoop of vanilla ice cream. It sells one product, mm-hmm. and someone comes in. And they say, "Do you sell ice cream?" And you say, "Yes." And then you sell them the ice cream. That is the ideal. Like, no matter who it is, they come in and they buy the ice cream. I question the business plan, but let's go with it. Absolutely. So, someone comes in, they say, do you sell ice cream? Yes, I do. I would like an ice cream. You sell them the ice cream. Um, They come in and they say, I want a banana. You can say, I don't sell bananas. We have no bananas today. We have no bananas today. We have no bananas any day. You can't have a banana. Again, There's no problem with that. That does not seem unconstitutional, just weird. Just weird. No bananas at the ice cream shop. Uh, You cannot demand that someone sell you a banana, and there's there's no issue. Because I'm trying to get at that that thing of, like, oh, gays are... It's just like going into a Jewish deli and demanding food that's not kosher. That they don't have, which they just don't have for anybody. It's It's a difference between... Uh, the fundamental thing that it comes down to is offering different service to different people on the basis of a protected status. Correct. So, so someone comes into this ice cream shop. Uh, so a man comes in, he says, I would like an ice cream. They sell him an ice cream and he goes his way. Then a woman comes in and orders an ice cream. They say, we don't, my religion says women can't eat ice cream. So I'm not going to sell you ice cream. Then we're running into trouble. And this is where states have passed religious freedom restoration laws that allow them to bypass non-discrimination laws in a way that I think is eventually going to have to be figured out by the U.S. Supreme Court. Okay. Now, why why does the court have to figure that out? Because there is a constitutional issue here regarding due process and equal protection, that states are passing laws. And I, I don't think this is a lawsuit against the store. It's a lawsuit against the state that passed a law saying that certain groups uh, can be excluded from having due process and equal protection of the law on some certain on some basis whether it's age or veteran status or sexual orientation well so i mean it's excluded from non-discrimination which mm-hmm. if you take the double negative out of it it just means it is okay to discriminate exactly exactly and if you want to do that there's a real high bar you have to prove that there is a compelling government interest to do that and as we saw with marriage there isn't. There isn't. They tried and they couldn't show anything. And with these religious freedom restoration laws, what they're trying to say is that the only time you can bypass, in, in most of these laws, uh, some of them are actually broader, but in, in many of them, they're saying that the one time it is okay to discriminate is if you are doing it on the basis that you believe marriage is between a man and a woman. Exactly. Which is a weird exemption. Yes, I mean, if you're going to make exemptions, exemptions, it's a real weird one. I don't know how religious freedom hinges on that exemption. Mm-hmm. But uh, apparently it does. Because, for instance, you know, I mean, you go back to the cake thing. It is not permissible anywhere in this country, I don't think, anymore, to refuse to sell a wedding cake to an interracial couple. Yeah, but that's in the Bible, right? Or to an interfaith couple. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, yeah, no, neither of those are okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But so you can't say, my religion prohibits me from selling a cake to you because you're interracial, or my religion prohibits me from selling a cake to you because you are interfaith. Mm -hmm. Therefore... 
I will not provide to you the service that I offer to everyone else. Exactly. And that, that has been tried. There were times when people of course tried it, to... It, yes. Boy, oh boy, has that been tried. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, it's not hard to find those cases. Uh, yeah, exactly. So people have tried to say, well, my religion says that uh, I don't have to accommodate uh, segre- uh, integration. Right. And uh, no, no, in fact, uh, the, the law is going to compel you to do that regardless of what your religion says. And there's, again, a high bar that people have to to you know that, that a law has to pass mm-hmm. you know to compel someone to do what they say violates a sincerely held religious belief but in the case of integrating schools for example or even public accommodations meaning a business uh there is a compelling governmental interest to making people respect non-discrimination laws and so going back to the ice cream shop for a second so Again, someone comes in and uh, says, do you sell ice cream? They say, yes. Can I have an ice cream? Yes. That's that, that's the model that it's supposed to be. Uh-huh. Uh, I will not sell you ice cream because you are a woman. Um, my religion forbids the selling of ice cream to women. Mm-hmm. Not okay. Not okay. Also not okay. Not okay in certain places. Okay for now. Oh, whoa, 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 no, 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 gender, no, no. gender. Yeah, okay, okay. Because so, the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Right, right, right. Yep, you're right, you're right. So... Saying no because you're a woman, not okay anywhere. Right. Saying no because you're gay, okay in some places. Correct. But let's stick with the woman thing for right now just to keep it. We're going to stick with – Because nationwide we have the Civil Rights Act. Yes. And, and we have a patchwork of protections for uh, gender identity and sexuality and that sort exactly. of thing. And Hillary, I will add, supports amending the Civil Rights Act to add sexual orientation and gender identity. Good for her. And so uh, going back to the ice cream shop, it's also not okay – to let's say they just got a shipment to say uh, a woman comes in and says, do you sell ice cream? Yes, we do. Can I buy an ice cream? No, you cannot. Why not? My religion forbids me selling ice cream to women. However, I could sell you a banana. <laughs> not okay. Not okay. I mean, that's equivalent to saying, oh, well, my religion says that black people and white people can't sit together, but they can still come to the business. They just can't sit together. Right. Not okay. Right, because you're offering different services on the basis of this fundamental characteristic that the Civil Rights Act has said you cannot discriminate. Exactly. I mean, it's, it, it's simply the definition of discrimination. And I know you want to move off this, but I, I bring that up just because that's the thing that is why you can't say, well, we'll sell you a wedding cake, but it's a different wedding cake. Uh-huh. We'll sell you like sort of a, a, a schmetting cake that right. you can then, you know kit bash together into the wedding cake you want right if you're going to do that you have to do that for everybody right like ev- everybody gets the components of a cake and then diys it together at home which honestly that which, sounds kind of fun well i mean that would be fine yeah yeah i'm just saying like you just but, can't say we're only doing that for some people and not others right and the reason i bring that up is because the the whole like oh we're so persecuted we're so persecuted thing from the bakers is like oh we we bent over backwards for these gays we said we'll sell you the cake we'll sell you the figures we'll sell you the icing we'll sell you everything you need to make the cake we just won't do it for you and the issue there is that they would do it for someone else exactly so that i'm just bringing that up because there's a lot of layers to this cake and i i feel like i often see a a bunch of fucking stupid arguments about like you know oh well i'm gonna go into my jewish deli and demand bacon or you know why they've made so many accommodations for the gays they'd sell them the cake they'd sell them the icing they'd sell them the figures why isn't that good enough and it's because non-discrimination is non-discrimination and either like you discriminate or you don't and we have an interest in making sure that businesses don't discriminate because it can really 
Yeah, fuck with people's lives. Exactly. Now, exactly. Wedding- We've seen what happens when people are allowed exemptions, and it's not good. Right. And for wedding cakes, it's kind of like whatever. For florists, again, catering weddings, it's mm-hmm. kind of whatever. But, you know, then it starts to trickle into the DMV. Right, You know, exactly. the marriage licensing well, office, where things like that. to the Constitution, where everyone is guaranteed due process and equal protection. Everyone is guaranteed to be treated equally under the law. And mm-hmm. whether it's something that, in the grand scheme of things, is pretty inconsequential, a wedding cake or flowers, pretty inconsequential, the problem is not so much that one incident of the cake. The problem is we have to give everybody equal protection under the law or else the law doesn't mean anything. The Constitution doesn't mean anything. I mean, that sounds quite extreme, but I get what you're saying. And I mean, and the thing there, again, is like you were saying, it's not the cakes and the flowers. It's more the hospital that will turn away someone because they're gay. Exactly. Or like a, a, a county where someone can't get a lawyer because no lawyers will represent a gay client. Exactly. And I will say that one of the planks of the GOP platform is uh, allowing hospitals to turn away. They don't specifically call this out, but allowing businesses to turn away uh, customers that they feel violate their sincerely held religious beliefs. So that would mean gay people potentially being turned away from hospitals, which is a thing that has happened recently until Obama uh, issued an executive action that told hospitals that they couldn't do that anymore. Right. And so and and so just to to put a pin in the cake and hopefully it'll deflate. A business can choose to sell whatever they want and they can also choose not to sell whatever they want. Uh what they can't do is pick and choose who they're going to sell particular things to based on certain characteristics such yeah. as race, gender, national origin, disability. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, the stuff that's in the Civil Rights Act. Now, in some places, the Civil Rights Act is extended with local laws, but that is not everywhere. That is correct. Okay. And that brings me nicely to my next point, if if you're ready to move on. I am ready. So that brings me nicely to Alabama. Oh. <laughs> you don't sound thrilled about that. Mm. So in Alabama, there are still, let me check my figures here, there's still eight counties that are not issuing marriage licenses to gay couples, but okay. it's okay because they're also not issuing marriage licenses to straight couples. Well, there you go. Everything's equal. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm fine with. The end of marriage. It that is, was the agenda all along. Yep. Equally inconvenient for everybody because mm-hmm. uh, those judges in those counties have just said, nope, we're not going to do any marriage because we don't want to do it for gay people. I mean, they, have, okay. they haven't said that. They haven't said we don't want to do it for gay people, but obviously that's the reason because they all stopped right before the Supreme Court ruling or immediately after. So, well, okay. good for them. Elsewhere in the Alabama judiciary, you'll remember Judge Roy Moore, of course. How could I forget? How could anyone My forget? My first love. You'll remember that the new acting Chief Justice, Lynn Stewart... I think Stewart, he was at the erotic clown party. Oh, almost certainly. Yeah. Uh, it was him and uh, Louis Gohmert and uh, a bunch of Babylonians. Uh, so anyway, acting chief justice of the Alabama Supreme Court, Lynn Stewart, has ordered him to clean out his desk and turn in his keys and all that. It's very delightful to read the letter that she wrote him, uh, okay. reminding him to turn in all of his keys to the building so he can't get in anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, she has also ordered that he remove all of his belongings, uh, which are apparently pretty cumbersome from okay. his office, and he's refusing. Uh, okay. So he's got a giant grandfather clock. Uh-huh. He's got a portrait of George Washington and another of Abraham Lincoln. Well, they set it all on fire. <laughs> That's a good point. You know what? If he doesn't have the keys anymore, you yeah. just go in there and be like, oh, it's mine now. I mean, if he won't, I mean, that's what a landlord would do if someone got evicted. I mean, they wouldn't oh set it on fire. Oh my God. But- wouldn't that be so amazing if it's just auctioned off? I mean, you auction it off or just... You just left sma- something at your place of business? Or they just told you smash to it up it? and put it in a dumpster. Like, who cares? <laughs> 
Uh, oh, man. That would not simplify the litigation that's going on, but it would be pleasurable. But he didn't come to get it. Yeah, that's true. He he forfeit his property. You are absolutely right. That, that is what a landlord would do. They would either put it out on the street with a sign that says free, or they wouldn't even bother. They'd just uh, throw it in a dumpster. Yeah. I mean, if somebody won't come collect their stuff in a place that doesn't belong to them, you, you're under no obligation to maintain their stuff. Well, so his argument is that he's appealing, and so he might win his appeal. He won't. But the, the uh, okay. process okay. is ongoing, blah, uh, blah, blah. Well, all right. That's legitimate. I mean... You could argue that he could pay to have them moved, and then if he does win his appeal, part of the appeal could getting those expenses reimbursed. Mm-hmm. Um, I but, do wonder, like, whatever. Do they have? Does someone have designs on his office? Is this yeah. her being like, well, so I'm chief justice now, and I'd really like to have that nice corner office, but your uh, grandfather clock is pretty ugly. That might actually be it. <laughs> is that they? Is somebody else just wants the office? Would you get this thing out of here? It's going off every half hour. A cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we'll see what happens in the exciting saga of Judge Roy Moore's furnishings. Cuckoo clocks. <laughs> yes, that's what a line. What can you tell me about cuckoo? <clears throat> that's a line from the delightful Gabriel Knight, which I recently completed playing. Yes, Lovely. and you started the second one with the werewolf, Woo! Mr. Wolf from yes. Star Trek. It all comes full circle. Oh, it does, it does. Oh, uh, there were probably a number of werewolves at the, uh, the furry party that I went to. Now, what is the crossover between furries, pups, and werewolves? Um, we are getting to the werewolf time of the year. We are. I would say, um, I don't see, no, I actually, I I take that back. When the Venn diagrams overlap, do they form a full moon? They do. They do. But it's not the celestial body. Oh, it's a celestial person, Cookie Puss. Yes. I think that there is some crossover, but generally they keep to themselves. I think the werewolves are, are loners out in the out in the moors. Yeah, because the the werewolves, were creatures. I don't know. I think there are certainly furries that incorporate that into their persona, but generally, what I see is people pick a character mm-hmm. and stick with it. So they're not, you know, changing in and out of of their particular character that they identify as. What do you identify as? I'm Herman the Bunny. <laughs> You certainly are. Uh, recently on Facebook, I, I saw a family member posted something about a curse that had turned him into a werepanda. Yeah, your family. Let's specify. This is one of yours. This is one of... Boy, yes. Uh, I... Yes. I mean, I told the story about the uh, candle fetish and the false tooth, so... <laughs> That's right. I forgot about I mean, there's that. no uh, pretense here that... Family dignity? Yeah. That's true. One of your family members uh, made a Facebook curse, posted a picture of a raccoon in a bed with uh with human shoes with human and shoes humanoid on, legs and a hat and said yeah. that he'd been turned into a raccoon and a curse and he said it, it and yeah and it was the lamest curse since he was a werepanda hmm. so we'll uh, keep an eye on that and we'll follow his career with great interest <laughs> anyway uh i think that's it for for business this week is it oh business is booming because Can you, you can't stop farting we got through an entire episode without talking about the prison island Prison Island of oh uh, yes, uh, ooh, uh, Sweeney Todd. He so, was uh, ooh, transported for life. If you have any comments on today's episode, please do get in touch. I'm at Matt Baum on Twitter, and you can also leave a comment uh, or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, get the book Defining Marriage if you haven't already. Uh, you can listen to it in this very RSS stream. Do, do, do. Yes. Did you know that a podcast is simply an RSS stream? You could get it. 
any way you want. But if you're getting it through iTunes, do leave a review. Yes, a review would be lovely. And by the power vested in me by the internet, I hereby pronounce this podcast over. Once I was a woman. All right, never again. But now I am a horse. 